Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. This is show number 68, released a little bit late because I've come back from vacation, a holiday away for a month. Uh, we should be launching this end of August, early September, so uh, that's, the, that's the proposed date for the release. Uh, my name is Steve Eunice, and joining me is my good buddy Neil Bailey. G'day, Neil. Hey, Steve, this will be like the first time we've ever been late, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we might have been like half a day late or something like that before. We've always launched on our release date. Uh, But yeah, I've just come back from a long, month-long trip to Lebanon. Uh, Well earned. I mean, if you take a vacation once every 68 episodes, that's not so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, it's the longest uh, vacation I've taken in in a long time. I can't remember even, well, definitely since we've started Radio KAL. Uh, we've taken obviously holidays to Metropolis. You and I were there in 2008 together. Uh, yeah. But uh, taken weekends off and maybe a week off, but never a month off in one go. So uh, it was a fantastic trip. I really enjoyed myself. Uh, Lebanon is the uh, country of my parents' birth. They were both born in Lebanon, came out to Australia when they were very young. Um, and uh, yeah, we're over there where my ancestors. Uh, originated and got to meet Sonia, my wife's grandparent, uh, grandmother over there and her aunties. So uh, we had a great time. It's a beautiful country. Uh, gets a bad rap for the uh, Civil War and everything that uh, people remember it from, but uh, it's, uh, it's an amazing country and it's really built up nicely and it's, it's known as the Paris of the Middle East. So it's, uh, it's a country that uh, doesn't get a lot of raps but uh, definitely deserves them. You showed me some of the pictures and it looked really neat. I, I understand you're going to uh, put a couple of videos up on the uh, on the Speeding Bulletin, right? Yeah, I'm g- going to uh, take over your Bailey Planet for this next uh, Speeding Bulletin and uh, yeah, hopefully show some of the uh, some of the images from from my trip. Eunice! <laughs> no, that sounds cool. Actually, I'm I'm eager to see him. Cool. All right. Well, let's get into our discussion topics. Uh, and uh, sadly, we saw the passing of. Tong Mankiewicz, uh, f- known for uh, his uh, contribution to Superman the movie um, in the 1978. Yeah, I, I have to admit, it's it's one of those things. I, I was not as aware of his contribution as I probably should have been uh, when I heard the news, and then I did a little bit of researching, and I realized he had a really big part in making that movie what it was. Yeah, he basically came in and uh, uh, took over the script from uh, Mario Puzo and, and the others who had written the script initially, and basically took out all the schmaltz and, um, you know, made it a, a realistic film that uh, that we know and love today. Did he uh, end up working on the second movie too? Like, I, I know they originally planned it as kind of one big epic idea. Um, well, I, I, I assume that he was part of that, uh, part and parcel of that, uh, and then when Richard Donner uh, was fired from it, uh, I don't know what his contribution was for Superman 2, the way it was released in cinemas, but, um, yeah, he worked hand-in-hand hand with Richard Donner, and was uh, you know uh, his uh, right hand man for for the first film definitely. Yeah, that's too bad that he passed. Yeah, he'd uh, been sick for a while and been battling uh, with sickness for a while. So uh, f- to his family and friends, uh, our condolences from everyone at the Superman homepage. Absolutely. Okay, well, there's been lots of Smallville news this past month uh, with season ten uh, not too far away at all. Actually, the first episode. The premiere of season 10, which is the 10th and final season of Smallville, will be at 8 p.m. on the CW, September 24th. Friday, September 24th is the premiere. 
That is, boy, it's going to be less than a month away now. Wow, the summer went fast. Yeah, now there's been oh. heaps of heaps of news about casting and and whatnot. Uh, what has been the well the highlight for you? Well, we've got uh, stuff from you know Hawk Girl announcements, Deadshot, Desaad, Gordon Godfrey. We got uh, Jonathan Kent coming back. We got Lionel Luthor potentially coming back. We got everybody. They're throwing the kitchen sink at it. <laughs> yeah, I think there's even ISIS. I mean, yeesh. Yeah, well, I mean, this obviously with Desaad and Godfrey, and you know, it's obviously a very heavy um, fourth world feel to season ten. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of crazy having uh, having Dark Side, you know, like before he's declared himself as Superman. But I, you know, I'll, I'll give it an open mind like usual. But uh, I, I don't know. It's it's it seems like it could be it, it really just jam packed full of good stuff if they go the same way they did with the JSA and kind of stay close to what it used to be. Okay, now, or, do you, sorry, do you feel that this could be uh, detrimental to the story of Clark Kent? Like, do we get moving? Are we moving too far away from the Superman story and? showing highlights of all these other characters from the DC universe and not concentrating on the Clark Kent Superman story? It's kind of weird. It's kind of like uh, trying to tell a secret origin style story, you know, like the first Clark Kent Superman kind of story when you're, you know, like right after Our World's at War because we've had, you know, like you've had Darkseid and Zod and Brainiac and all these villains that don't really show up until after he's become Superman and it's they've been there and gone. Mm. I was thinking about it, considering an article about that kind of, you know, like uh, how many of the villains have been really close to what they are in the comics or even in popular telling and, and how many of them were just kind of shoehorned in, you know, kind of in a fan service kind of way. Mm. But um, that's that's one place where recently things have been really muddled in the comics because of what uh, Morrison did with uh, Final Crisis. We don't really have a clear picture anymore of what any of those characters are or what they represent necessarily, except for their kind of human counterparts in the in the Final Crisis story. So I don't know. It could be... It could be something done on a pedestrian level in that respect, but I I, I I have no idea. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting, you know, with the whole dark side angle for season 10. Uh, we've got uh, the 200th episode of the show also coming up. I remember when they were celebrating their 100th episode and, and the big deal they made about that. Oh yeah. Oh, well, is it now? Is it two hundredth, including the uh, JSA episode as a uh, as a as a two episode or a one episode bit? Well, I can't I, even. Yeah, I think they're classifying that double episode as two episodes. The movie okay. length, uh, uh, you know, JSA episode is counted as two episodes. I think because of the fact that the credits and everything are split in in that way. Like they show you part one is you know. Uh, Directed by so and so, and part two was I think Tom Welling directed the right. second second uh, hour of that show. Yeah, well, that's gonna wonk up the uh, KO count. That's for sure. <laughs> it's gonna be, <laughs> you know, we're gonna be like, oh, what's the number here? The stinking map. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Brainiac will appear in that two hundredth episode. We're told, so uh, that'll be interesting to to see the return of of that uh, villain. Yes, if and maybe he might actually represent, you know, Brainiac instead of like I don't know a Terminator or like uh, <laughs> just uh, James Marston hamming it up, I guess, <laughs> yeah. or not Marston. Am I thinking Masters. of is Mar- Monsters? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, but uh, um, yeah, James Marston was the was from Superman Returns. That's right. Yes, that's it. Yes, the um, father. <clears throat> yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, Sam and Lucy Lane are also returning, uh, which. Uh, is interesting because, you know, Sam Lane's been very heavily involved in the comics of recent times. 
Yeah, it's as long as it uh, starts off with a alpine ski scene. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Lucy, you know, like like you know me and how critical I've been of Smallville over the years, but wow, Lucy as a story sucked. Oh my god, that was a bad episode, <laughs> but. Hopefully they can bring her back and redeem her. You know, it's like it's it's four years later. Everything has changed. Now I'm back to normal. That's kind of what Jeff Johns does. It's so good. It's like, yeah, I know. I know. Last time you saw me, uh, uh, I was Supergirl and I and my name was Sir L and I was wearing a black unitard and there was a giant S that went all the way. But now I'm back to normal. Sorry, guys. <laughs> well, you actually mentioned Supergirl in there. And now we're going to be getting an episode titled Supergirl this season. And yeah. it'll see the return of Kara, uh, played by Laura Vandervoort. And she'll be sporting some kind of a costume that will be very similar to the Supergirl costume. And this is all before Clark Kent has become Superman. Yeah. This is always amusing to me. Like, I go on the comment boards. You know, I was manning, manning them while you were away. Usually I don't go into the comic boards, but um, or comment boards. But, like, um, I, I kind of had to watch. And I thought, you know, these this story is going to cause some trouble. Or this story is not going to cause some trouble. And people are going to be cool for this one or not be cool for this one. And I thought that the announcement of Supergirl being in costume before, you know, before Superman would not really be that big of a deal because I was like thinking back, you know, all of these things that they've done to change continuity over time with the show. You'd think that it wouldn't be phasing people right now, but I see this new wave of indignation like, oh, but at the same time, I see where they're coming from because I mean, you don't at this point, Jor-El has told him it's his destiny to become Superman. Everyone in the world has practically told him that he's going to be the Legion. You know, like, in the future, you will be this great hero, you know? And now yeah. you're going to be like, Supergirl's like, this is the costume you're going to wear in six months. You know, it almost takes away any free agency from the idea of Clark deciding to become Superman, which is unfortunate. But at the same time, it's like, when has Smallville not been doing that from, like, the third season, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Rule them well, my son, you know? <laughs> but... uh well, you also mentioned uh, Lois as uh, as Isis. Well, well, the introduction of Isis and um, yes. and Erica Durant playing uh, Isis. Yes, I've you know I've never seen the Isis show, and a lot of people will probably chastise my geek cred for that. But uh, yeah, I never saw it. But apparently, it was it, it's it, a lot of people really like it. And uh, I don't know. I just see another Lois possession story. <laughs> you know, we had what? Uh, there's the uh, Silver Banshee last year, right? Yeah. Then you had Feora. And then you had, uh, yeah, that, what else? That magic episode where all three of them were. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, that should be a new KO count. It's, <laughs> it's a repeat theme, I guess you might say. The out-of-character episode. I, I, I often wonder, it, it, a lot of people used to write me and be like, why isn't there an out-of-character, you know, thing in the knockout count? And it's like, because it's every other episode. <laughs> well, talking but, about things they've uh, they've done before and are doing again, we're going to get again this season, Clark Kent without his powers. Yes, yes, and dead in theory, right? Because he <laughs> fell from a building last. <laughs> yep, I died. Whoop, I'm back. <laughs> well, what isn't the first episode uh, titled uh, Lazarus? Lazarus, yes. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that. So yeah, yeah it's gonna be like <laughs> you want Jor will be like rise, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, as we said, the first episode of season ten of Smallville airs at eight p.m. on the CW on Friday, September twenty fourth. And, you know, while we uh, do come down hard on Smallville in certain aspects and, and question it's the decisions they've made, uh, we'd both know and everybody knows that uh, we'll both be there watching it on Friday, September 24th. Now, moving into other talking discussions, um, we've got 
DVDs coming out uh, in November. Actually, both seem to be coming out on November 9th, as far as what I've written down here. That's uh, Superman Shazam, The Return of Black Adam, and Secret Origin, The Story of DC Comics. Yeah, that Secret Origin one looked really good. I checked out that preview um, that we posted while you were away, and that one was pretty darn neat looking. Yeah, it does. I, I managed to watch it, and uh, I was very impressed. It's definitely something I'll be uh, buying and definitely something I'll be uh, looking forward to watching. Yeah, I, I did a uh, article a couple of years ago for Eagle Moss about the uh, Superman, you know, the, the Siegel Schuster origin story. And it's always fascinated me the way that that kind of, you know, there's a lot of mythology building uh, building up around it. You know, the guy running down the street in his, in his bathroom, hey, check out this idea, you know, and half of that's bunk. But the, the whole idea that this whole new American mythology can be created in the span of, I don't know, five, ten years and, and, and solidified. And, and, and it's just interesting. It's like living through the living through the dawn of the internet is felt i imagine that's probably what it felt like back then to these guys and yeah. it's just this new thing and there aren't very many new things in the world so it, it, it's intriguing to me sure and I th- it'll be interesting to see just how they tackle that uh whole uh siegel schuster thing and whether you know how they were um sold the rights for 130 dollars <laughs> and you know and the ongoing you know, drama between them and owning the the rights, and whether or not that'll actually be touched on, or whether I'll just gloss over it. <laughs> Siegel and Schuster, it, it'll tell the whole story, and then he put the cape on Superman and legally signed away all rights, and will never have character properties again because he is <laughs> he has signed it, he signed it, he signed it. You know, <laughs> and then like like a little caption, money grubbing lawyers, ah, but yeah. yeah, but I've had some dealings with the people behind uh, this. Well, I guess, guess you call it documentary DVD. Uh, they've contacted us a number of times for research assistance, and um, they they seem to be going into great detail and really, you know, digging around for some of the um, more, I guess you'd say, uh, rare items that uh, you know they want to put into this DVD. So, uh, looking forward to that to be released on November 9th on DVD. And the other one we uh, we touched on was um, Superman Shazam: The Return of Black Adam. The um, 22-minute short uh, that will be released as a DVD compilation with the other DC shorts uh, that have been released uh, in recent times. And George Newbern will be returning to voice Superman in that DVD. That's pretty cool. So it's like how many short stories is that total? Well, I think it's four in total. Um, I'll just double-check that. But um, I th- I know there's like there's a green, green – uh, was it a green arrow one? And um, – uh, let me just quickly check here. Yeah, it sounds interesting. I mean, I like the idea of shorts because I—that's essentially what a what a cartoon show is. Essentially, is about twenty-two minutes or so, and it's a good short story usually. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah George Newbern coming back. Um, obviously, he was the voice of Superman in the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited uh, animated series. Um, a lot of people, you know, there's divisions between the people who like uh, Tim Daly and the people who like. Uh, George Newbern for the voice of Superman in, in the cartoon, so it should be interesting. But uh, yeah, the other DVD, other shorts that'll be on that DVD compilation are the Spectre, Jonah Hex, Green Arrow, and obviously Superman Shazam: The Return of Black Adam. Cool. You a uh, Newbern or a uh, or a Daily Man? I've always liked Tim Daly. I I didn't mind George Newbern, but because Tim Daly was the original as far as the animated series were concerned, uh, he, he always had my vote. Yeah, I liked I liked Daly myself. Yeah, but uh, as far as um, voices for Superman goes, I mean, 
uh, you can't go past 1940s radio series, uh, Bud Collier. Yeah, I still have to, you know, I still have to hear that. I haven't yet. We've talked about it so many times on this show, and I'm like sitting there, I'll get to it, and I haven't. You should yeah. smack me okay. all the way across, yeah. all the way across the ocean. There you go. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> all right. Um, the other one, the other topic we wanted to talk about was the fact that Superman will be in issue number one of the all-new Batman, the Brave and the Bold comic book series, which uh, seems to be kind of skewed toward the younger reader to a degree. Yeah, well, I, you know, it, it seemed it was by the guy who was doing uh, Super Friends, right? Right. Yeah, and then that got canceled. And I remember reading Super Friends, and that was kind of cute, but it seemed like I could see why it kind of got canceled because it was obviously geared towards young kids, but or this or the kind of Rocky and Bullwinkle loving adult kind of thing. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm curious to see what they do with it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I mean, I'm I'll probably pick up the first issue. I'm not a Batman fan as as so to speak, but, um, you know, the Brave and the Bold cartoons, I haven't really watched any of the episodes, but, um, yeah, obviously with Superman being in his first issue, and it haven't, he hasn't actually appeared on the cartoon show itself, so it'll be interesting to see how he's tackled in the first issue of this new comic book title. Yeah, he'll probably be walking, I'm so dumb, I'm Superman, and Batman's like, yes, and I'm so wonderful, you know. Yeah, no. they, they probably will play no. that smart Now, see, this is why I'm not writing for that comic. <laughs> Okay, well, talking about comic books, uh, this grounded story, you know, Superman's now been, uh, well, he started off in Philadelphia, now he's gone through Detroit and, and it's going to Cincinnati. Uh, are you enjoying this grounded storyline? <sighs> you know, I want to. I want to. It's like, uh, uh, it's not. I, I, I should clarify. It's not like when Busiek started, because by the second issue I knew, I was like, eh, this is not going to work for me. But, um it, 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 the writing is good writing. I'm reading it. I'm like, yeah, this is this is good. And and the idea is interesting and novel, but at the same time, it's already starting. To get, the record is starting to skip, and it seems like like I like I put in my review. It seems like a story about America with, with Superman as a backdrop instead right. of Superman with America as a backdrop. Yeah. And do you think it's going to get old quick? Like, do you think it's going to just keep treading new ground? Like, Superman goes into a town, comes across somebody who needs help and helps the the person. It depends. He could. It could work right with a subplot. Mm -hmm. It could work right with a more clear reason as to why he's doing it. Because while the reason has been stated, it doesn't seem like a very valid reason to just drop everything and walk. Because the idea that Superman is not in touch with the common person doesn't resonate with me. I don't see that. Hmm. I, I see that he spends a lot of time in space. So does Batman. You know, I see, <laughs> I see all that, that that he is an alien. But like I pointed out in the Secret Origin review, that doesn't really necessarily mean anything. People aren't afraid of him or or or, or lose their identity with him because he's an alien. Mm. They lose their identity with him because they can't leap tall buildings or light people on fire with their eyes. Yeah. You know, if anything, they should address the fear that he causes people. But that's been done to death in a thousand Superman comics. So I don't necessarily buy the rationale. I like the novel concept, and I like the idea of, say, Superman going to Detroit and seeing industrial warehouses that have been shut down because of greedy corporate interests and trying to do something about it, or confronting the issue of illegal immigration through the idea of illegal aliens, if you will. But so far, it's presented kind of an idealized world where these two problems are kind of instantly solved with a little bit of ingenuity. And there's something disingenuous about that to a degree, because 
out in the real world, people are still wa- waiting for for welfare on, online, and you know the illegal immigration problem is getting worse, not better. Whether you whether you're for it or against it, so. On the one hand, while I think it's interesting and good and novel to confront these things, it's not really punching them or or, 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 or it's not really taking them head on, if that makes sense. Mm. And I also don't see why this necessarily reflects Superman's character and, and a dilemma – uh, a dilemma or a conflict should spring naturally from a character. Um, Superman isn't really trying to fix America necessarily. That's not never been his kind of thing. And and they all, and whenever you talk to people about this in interviews, they're like, well, in his first couple issues, he was throwing people out of windows and smacking people who beat their wives around. And that's true. But that was also 70 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like of late and for the last 30 to 40 years, there's been a definite... Uh, Superman story archetype that doesn't necessarily always need to be followed, but when you're going to change it, there should probably be a good reason, you know? Sure, sure. And the whole aspect of Clark Kent is missing from this story as well. Yeah, they kind of briefly tried to touch upon it um, for one page in the last comic, but yeah, that's another point. Um, I don't know. Lois kind of guest starring briefly. So, yeah, I, I don't hate the story or the idea and i'm not i'm trying not to prejudge it before it gets rolling but at the same time what i've seen so far hasn't really given me a solid rationale for why superman would drop out of the sky and walk across america trying to right all wrongs yeah and i love that concept my first book was about a guy who took off across america trying to right all wrongs but it, it there's no rationale set up for it sure. you know sure yeah i understand that and uh what about the other comic books that uh you know we're reading at the moment um action comics is that the lex luthor story is that grabbing your attention you know what i'm really digging it and you know me i'm always envious and jealous much like luthor himself when i see someone writing a luthor story i'm like i want to write that (laughs) i've got green eyes that's i'm qualified but um at the same time, I'm really enjoying this and really enjoying um, the take on him. They're, they're, they're not uh, going too hammy and they're not going to uh, to let's wait 40 issues for something to culminate. They're actually using Lex Luthor, which they haven't done in years. It's great. Cool. I uh, I love that. And uh, I don't know, the Secret Origin thing, too. Did you uh, check out the, the last issue of that yet? No, I haven't actually been able to pick up my comics for the last month. So, yeah, I'm a bit behind uh, in the latest issues. But, uh, yeah, obviously reading your reviews, uh, which will be published on the Internet probably by the time this goes to, to the site itself. So, yeah, still haven't read issue number six of Secret Origin yet. Yeah, it kind of ended on a kind of typical story note. It, they had um, they had basically Superman beat up Metallo and stop Sam Lane, and then all of a sudden everybody likes him again. Mm-hmm. And they they were building this wonderful tension of like now Superman is distrusted, and now these things are in motion, and it just kind of ended, I guess. And yeah. I and for the whole thing, it seemed like they were setting up something big. You know, it's like this is going to be the new origin, and we're going to go from here, and we're going to set up a lot of things that make a lot of the things that are happening in the comics now make sense. And then it just kind of ended as a regular story. And there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, I was just hoping that there would be something novel. Like when they did this with Green Lantern, they kind of introduced Atrocitus, and that became a long-running theme in the Green Lantern books. Mm-hmm. Um, they also kind of tweaked a few things in the origin, and, and they, they started doing that here with Superman, like with Metallo. But what happens after he's, I guess he just 
stays in Lane's custody or something, but I don't know. Yeah, well, I think if it had come out as it was intended and not been delayed so much, that it would have come out before um, the Our Worlds at War um, with, you know, with the, the whole... The war, oh, you sorry, mean the sorry, War of the Superman? Yeah, War of yeah. the Superman, sorry. Um, yeah. Back a fair, fair bit there with our world's at war. Uh, yeah, the yeah. new, you know, the whole new Krypton storyline and the War of the Superman uh, and the 100-minute war. Uh, if it had come out before those as had it had been intended, then the whole Sam Lane thing would have probably been more of a preemptive, um, you know, seed for those stories. Yeah, they could theoretically follow each other. Yeah, yeah, you could read it, then read the Brainiac story, and then read the new Krypton and. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah the delays that uh, were forced upon that book, I think, uh, hampered uh, the impact that it would have had for Superman comic fans had it come out uh, as it was scheduled and not been delayed nearly six months. This has been a problem since what two thousand two, two thousand three. This has been a real big problem in the industry that they just haven't addressed. When some when a book is like four months late, there's no sanction or no, and it's because people keep buying the books. Yeah, but it's but that's it's like All Star Batman and Robin just kind of stopped putting out issues, you know, and Mm -hmm. and and Secret Origin. This the whole story is undermined by the fact that it comes out four four months later. And whenever you hear you know these people talk ask about it at cons, they're like, "Well, I don't think it undermines the story. The story's right there." And there's a certain point to that. That's that's true. But at the same time, we plunked down four dollars for twenty two pages. You yeah, know? Yeah. I don't know. It's 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 no, a continuing you, frustration. You're right. This is something we've talked about before on Radio KL. Whether the artists and the writers. Uh, bigger than their characters and whether or not their um, paychecks come before the delivery time of the comic books themselves. Yeah, it's it's frustrating. I don't know. I, I know that uh, it's something that kind of can't be helped. You can't really go, go there and be like, ah, to these guys who are a real draw. But at the same time, it's such a – the market is getting so small and, and the, the, the cost is so high compared to other media. If we want to keep comics going – when somebody wants to see, if you get a momentum going like you have with Secret Origin, imagine how many more comics they would have sold if they'd put it out in a regular way and if it had been, you know, bang, traded up and fed into the other story. And I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Maybe I'm uh, crazy. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, things like illness and, and family, you know, issues can't be helped. These writers and artists are regular people who have regular lives and families and have health issues and what have you. There's no reason that, like a six-issue miniseries, there's no reason it shouldn't be completed before the first issue is sent to print. You know what I'm saying? They should be able to have it in the can, ready to go, and then publish it month to month to month, you know? Um, You know, obviously, maybe there was a timing issue. They thought, we need to get this origin story out while these other comics are going, so we better start doing it now and get the first issue out as soon as possible and... And, you know, other things happen to, to delay the fourth, fifth, and sixth issue. But uh, there's got to be some kind of uh, a better... I mean, if it was a one-off thing, fair enough. But like you said, it's been happening since 2002, 2003. The well, and you know, publishing problems. You know they can knuckle down and do it because we've seen them do it. Like with Final Crisis, when uh, when they couldn't get the regular artist, Jones, to, 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 to finish in time, they brought in Nguyen. Yeah. Or, or was it, no, it's not Nguyen. Um, Nguyen's... Um, oh, uh, am I thinking of the right guy? Um, um, 
Oh man, I'm blanking. Well, anyway, they brought in another artist, and then and then the same thing with um with like Fifty Two and Countdown, yeah. and uh, oh and Final or not uh, oh gosh the Busiek one um Trinity Trinity you know those books were under the highest possible stress yep. imaginable coming out every week yep. and they came out and sure sometimes the art had issues because it was rushed but that was far outweighed by the fact that the story was there every week yeah you know it, it, i don't know maybe uh maybe i'm wrong i'm a so and soapbox yeah but no you, you you got a point there is okay there is probably going to be a trade-off between art consistency and maybe art um perfection but you know i think Sometimes that's necessary for the ongoing quality of a book. It's not all about quality of art. It's about quality of continuity as well. Yeah. Well, I, I, especially like with what you, what you were saying is a big thing. Like the Secret Origin could have really fed War of the Superman. Yeah. And it could have really brought a new continuity into line a lot more clearly. Yeah. And now it's like the War of the Superman is over. Now Superman's walking across the entire United States and it has absolutely nothing to do with Secret Origin anymore. Exactly, exactly. All right, were there any other topics you wanted to hit on before we move into the big question segment of the show? Yeah, it looks like things are steaming right ahead. Okay, well, before we go into the big question segment, I wanted to uh, publicly thank both yourself and Barry Fryman for the wonderful job you've both done in keeping the Superman homepage running with all news updates and what have you uh, during my absence. Uh, it was a blast. I'm glad to give it back, though. <laughs> Lots of work. You guys need to give Steve a pat on the back. This site is hard to run. <laughs> All right, let's move into the big question segment of the show. Let's start with the big question. All right, what do we got? Well, last month we asked the question, who should direct the new Superman movie? We At the time, we were having lots of rumors uh, circulating about, uh, you know, who was going to be directing? Would it be Jonathan Nolan, the brother of Chris Nolan? Would it be Chris Columbus from the Harry Potter uh, first two movies? Um, who would it be? We wanted to get your opinions on on who it might be. So we got a few responses, and who did we have up first? All right. Well, we got Sarah Bowes, and she wrote, "I think the guy directing the next Superman movie can only be Richard Gunner, Donner, the guy who did the first one. And I really liked his Superman too, better than the cinema version. Those two movies I watch at least twice a month. That's saying something. I don't really like older stuff, but I would like. But it would be cool if he came back. I know it won't happen, but a girl can dream. Interesting idea. Yeah. Well, I, th- I mean, th- that would probably go down well with some fans. Or obviously, the fans who love Superman the movie and Superman two, the Richard Donner cut." But I think a lot of people want to get away from the Donnerverse, as they call it, and move in a new direction. But, uh, yeah, Richard Donner, uh, great choice. Uh, Calvin Bowes, father of Starla, says, As I said last time, I really like, I really feel Peter Jackson should direct the next Superman flick, and here is why. Last night I watched his version of King Kong, and although I didn't care for the film as much as the original, I could tell in watching the film he had such a love, such a love for the original he took care to show respect and pay homage to what came before and didn't try to make it different. And I feel he would show that love and respect for Superman too. Interesting. At least until the Balrog showed up. No, <laughs> now I'm a no. Peter Jackson fan. I think he's a, a great Yeah. Director. Oh, yeah. Me too. But I had to be like, you shall not. You know, you got to throw in the geek. Room. You shall not okay. pass. That's right. Hector, <laughs> with Gandalf as Lex Luthor. No. Hector wrote, Hey guys, I would love to see Christopher Nolan direct the new Superman movie. All of his movies are good, except except the fact that Batman sounded like he had a sore throat. But other than that, I love his movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why do you want to kill me? 
<laughs> yeah, he must have uh, needed a lot of ice cream to soothe his throat after that that role. Uh, <laughs> Christian Bale. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Christopher Nolan, I mean, I don't think he will direct. Uh, obviously, he's there as a godfather role uh, to oversee the film and oversee <laughs> the script. But uh, whether or not he'll be involved in a directorial capacity uh, remains to be seen. So uh, no further news on who will direct the next Superman movie, but uh, I guess that news will come out in time. Yeah, I think maybe we should uh, make an important note. I've been meaning to talk about it. Um, you know, it's a little a little aside, but uh, there's been this news report out there from a site called DC Warner Bros. You know, B R O S, and uh, they've been reporting stuff uh, that's actually uh, like like Welling is going to get a uh, get a get a um, get a shot on the casting couch and test. Yeah, and a lot of people have been writing us asking us to talk about that. Um, and I did a little digging on it, and the site is obviously not a DC Warner Brothers site, and no. it is copy-pasting slash plagiarizing an article from about six to eight months ago. Yeah. So while we do see that, we're not reporting on it because the news is already out there. Yeah, well, I've got another one today where they today they posted, or yesterday they posted, that uh, Brandon Routh will be screen testing for Christopher Nolan for that. And yeah, while they're called DC Warner Brothers, they're not actually an official site, and... They are just rehashing old rumors or making up new rumors. They don't actually cite any sources. So uh, we, we read them, we see them, but uh, we don't report on them unless we see something that actually has some merit um, and some kind of a backing for an original source. Right. Okay. So next big question. Yes. What do we have? We have, do you think we will see Tom Welling wearing the Superman suit in season 10 of Smallville? Well, yeah, well, we've seen him with the costume in the box in front of him as a gift from, we guess, Martha Kent. And, uh, we with the backwards S, remember. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we know it's there. We know he's got it. Uh, well, will we see him wear it um, in something more than just a flashing of the back of his suit or something at the final 10 seconds of the finale for this year? Will we see him wear the suit this year? Survey uh, says... <laughs> yeah, well, you're the survey, so let's hear what you have to say in regards to this new big question. Now, you can get involved by clicking on the big question button found at the Superman homepage, and we'll read out your answer in next month's show. Or you can actually record your own answer via uh, an MP3 file, and we'll play that audio file in the next Radio KAL podcast. So get involved with a new big question segment of the show. <laughs> There's a breakthrough at the steelworks. So, you're not gonna believe this. If you're about to tell me your brother did something weird and wildly inappropriate again, stop right there. That's all I need to know. I cracked it. Kindred spirits unite. <laughs> I've never seen you like this. Like what? Human. Clearly you needed an outlet for all that stress and anger. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of what will happen next time. I can't control Rampage. I can't. Strange things are afoot in the Fortress of Solitude. That's impossible. I haven't been up to the Fortress in months. Have you suffered memory loss of some kind? Perhaps we should do a scan. My memory's fine. Something's not right here. And strap in for round three. It's the proximity alarm. Lobo's back. Reserve your ringside seat for Superman, the last son of Krypton, issue 68. On August 25th, 2010, only at PendantAudio.com.
everything's back to normal for Metallo. Metallo's back, baby. Metallo's back. Or is it? Are you okay? You sound... different. Yeah, well, I've been there. Working out. Like you lost what's ain't safe for you here. I'm not worried about my safety. Not with a hero like you around, Howard. Are you crazy? Will Ayumi get caught in the crossfire? You stay away from him! Right now, you're a bystander. Do you really want to be an accessory? Don't miss Supergirl, Lost Daughter of Krypton, Episode 40. Coming August 25th at PendantAudio.com. Bailey's Bookshelf. Ooh, Bailey. Yes, Michael Bailey returns uh, for another month, reviewing another trade paperback. So let's hand over to Michael now to see what he has for us this month. Hey all, and welcome to another installment of Bailey's Bookshelf, the feature here on Radio KAL, where I walk over to my bookcase, pick out a Superman-related trade, hardcover, novel, or in this case, reference book, and give you the skinny on it. This month, I chose a book that I am about to reread, which is The Krypton Companion. Edited by Michael Yuri, this book was published in 2006 by Tomorrow's Publishing, and was part of their companion line, which has included two Titans companions, a Legion companion, a Flash companion, edited by a friend of mine named Keith Dallas, actually, a Blue Beetle companion, and more recently, the Batcave companion, which is also edited by Michael Yuri. The Krypton Companion, so named because the publisher didn't want to have to pay to use the name Superman on the title, has the tagline, A Historical Exploration of the Superman Comic Books of 1958 to 1986, and that is exactly what it is. It begins with Mort Wessinger, and ends with Julius Schwartz, and if you want to get a good idea of what the Silver and Bronze Age were like for the Man of Steel, then this is your book. Chapter 1 is called The Key to Fort Wessinger. This covers the Superman comics of 1958 to 1964. You get a handy timeline of that era to start things off. Articles include Superman's editor Mort Weisinger, Seeing Double, Famous Monsters of Mortland, A Fond Remembrance of Mort Wessinger by His Son, Wayne Boring, Golden Age Survivor, Roots of the Superman Confluence, The Plotmaster and the Editor, a mini-tribute to Edmund Hamilton by Jack Williamson, A History of Krypton, Under the Microscope, Little People in Shrunken Cities, The Kryptonese Alphabet, A Real-World Historical Tale. That's a really, really interesting article. Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes, Animal Planet, Legion of Super Pets, An Interview with Al Plastino, Krypton Meets Camelot, An Interview with Jim Mooney, Jerry Siegel's Return to Krypton, and The Death of Clark Kent by Jerry Siegel. Chapter 2, titled Up, Up, and Away, has a timeline of the Superman books from 1965 to 1970. You have Drawing Superman by Kurt Swan, Untold Tales of a Superman Scholar, Kurt Schaffenberger, Ladies' Man, Two Weeks with Mort Wessinger, Kryptonite, First Exposures, Roy's Revenge, Jim Shooter Interview, It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman, Altered States, Mike Esposito on Superman, Sunshine Superman, They Might Be 80-Page Giants, I love that title, 
More Men Behind the Man of Tomorrow, and Metallo, the Man with the K. Irby Metal Heart. Chapter 3 has a timeline of 1971 to 1979, and is called There's a New Kind of Superman Coming. Julius Schwartz, editor Evermore, is the first article, followed by an interview with Carrie Bates, Identity Crisis, Clark Kent vs. Superman, Captain Strong, an interview with Neil Adams, which is actually very interesting and goes into the battle between Jerry Siegel and Warner Brothers in the mid-70s, which resulted in, created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster, appearing on every Superman movie, animated series, comic book. Uh, It's just a really great interview. Star-Crossed Super Stories, Kirby is here, an interview with Denny O'Neill, an interview with Murphy Anderson, an interview with Nick Carty, 100-page Super Spectaculars, The Great Pretenders Would Be Superman, interviews with Len Wein, Elliot S. Smagan, and Jerry Conway, Superman team-ups, and a slew of other interviews with Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, Martin Pascal, Rich Buckler, Bob Rosakis, uh, and this and it ends with Beware of Purple Kryptonite and Kurt Swan Inker's Roundtable. And finally, we have Chapter 4, Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow, which begins with a timeline of the Superman comics from 1980 to 1986. We have more interviews, uh, one with Marv Wolfman, one with Keith Giffen, an article called Super Turtle, Clark Kent, Marvel Moonlighter, Interviews with Steve Gerber and Paul Kupperberg, The Man of Steel in Bronze, a 70s-80s art gallery, and finally, a Superman roundtable discussion, which includes Mike Carlin, um, Butch Geis, Gail Simone, Kurt Bousier, Roger Stern, John Bogdanov, Jerry Ordway, Alex Ross, Louise Simonson. I mean, it's just an all-star lineup of people talking about Superman. And it was a great way to end the book. There is one more thing. Obviously, if you're going to have an introduction by Bizarro, it's going to come at the end of the book, and so it does. This is actually written by David Mandel, who was a writer on Seinfeld. I believe he wrote the Bizarro-centric episode of that show. I never watched Seinfeld, so I, I, I really don't know. In any case, this is a fantastic book. It's got to be on your bookshelf. I really, really mean that. This is an amazing book. It's an amazing reference material. It is written by Michael Urey and a host of other writers, and I cannot recommend it enough. On a more personal note, I would at some point like to see Tomorrow's do a second Krypton Companion about the Superman of 1986 to 2006. Then again, Jeffrey Taylor and I are kind of doing that weekly here at the Superman homepage, so there you go. And that is it for this time. Come back next month where I do it all over again. And don't forget to check out From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast hosted by me and Jeffrey Taylor. comes out every Thursday right here at the Superman homepage. And now, back to Stephen Neal. Thank you, Michael. Now remember, if you have a suggestion for a trade paperback that you would like Michael Bailey to review on Radio KAL, you can email Michael via michael at supermanhomepage.com. Only one thing alive with less than four legs can hear the frequencies of men, and that's you. Super secret soundbite time. 
Ah, did we get a good number of people guessing it this month? Well, we've got four people who guessed it correctly this month, and they guessed that the sound from last month's show came from the Season 8 episode of Smallville titled Bloodline. And those four people were Ismael Perez, Stephen Holmes, Brian Lee, and Sarita L. Congratulations, guys. That's got to be getting harder and harder as the years go by. Yeah, with uh, nine seasons in the can, uh, with, what, 22 episodes roughly per season, uh, that's a fair number of episodes to try to recall what a two-second sound comes from. Yeah, I might have to divide it up at some point. Two of them for the first to fifth season and then the sixth to the tenth. Oy. And then the, <laughs> the eleventh through the fifteenth, because we know it ain't over yet. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. We know it's over. Season ten is the end. But uh, <laughs> let's for this month, let's see if more people can guess which sound, uh, which episode of Smallville this sound comes from. So don't blame me if you let a Boy Scout with an archery badge crash his party. Well, there you have it. If you think you know which episode of Smallville that sound came from, use the super secret soundbite entry form found at the Superman homepage and send your entry in. Each person who guesses it right will have their name read out in the next Radio KL podcast. Okay, Superman song time. Now, what the heck is a Neo-Prog? I hear that's some kind of Superman villain, isn't it? Uh, well, I don't know what a Neo-Prog is. What is a Neo-Prog? It says here that we've got It Has to End by Mick Stims, which is a Neo-Prog band from Ohio. Yeah, I have no idea what a Neo-Prog band it's is. It's got to be Neo-Progressive, which is, you know, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> well, uh, it is called It Has to End, and it is by the Mick Stims, and... This song is off their first commercial release titled Shades of Grey. And if you like them, Shades of Grey and their subsequent release, Across the Sky, are available at uh, sites like CD Baby, Amazon MP3, iTunes, Rhapsody, Napster and others. So for now, here it is. It is a Superman-related song. It has to end by Stims.
So there you have it. That's the show for another month. Yeah, and don't listen to me. I'm an idiot. It, that's that's uh, Neil Prague is actually cool. So <laughs> now remember, if you uh, have a suggestion for a topic that you would like Neil and I to discuss in a future podcast, maybe there's a trade paperback you'd like Michael Bailey to review. Perhaps there's a song you'd like to suggest for us to play next month, or maybe there's a big question you'd like us to pose for the fans to respond to. All those suggestions and more can be sent to us at the Superman homepage by clicking on the KAL feedback form found at the Radio KL webpage, and uh, we'll endeavour to use those suggestions in a future podcast. But for now, thank you, Neil. Thank you, Steve. And as uh, Batman once said, Are you going Which really means, you know, caveat emptor. You've been listening to Radio KL from supermanhomepage.com.